0: This is the Totally Football League Show. It may surprise you to learn that I'm not Caroline Barker. Caroline's been given time off for good behaviour this week, so he's stuck with me, Matt Davis Adams. You might have heard me on The Totally Football Show or Parts Unknown. Two excellent podcasts also available from your friends at Money News Media. Or you might never have heard of me, in which case, hello, I promise to do my best not to ruin your favourite Football League podcast. The Spice Girls are reforming again. It's being called the second biggest comeback this month behind Scunthorpe. I'm very much a podcast host wannabe. Plenty of people shouting who do you think you are into their devices right about now, I'm sure. I've got my panel alongside me to help spice up the show. A very good morning to Adrian, Sporty Spice Club. Oh, I'll take that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> alongside Adrian, Sam, Scary Spice Parking. My favourite, without a doubt. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) And last but not least, Joe, I bet you can guess, Baby Spice Crilly from William Hill.
1: I was expecting ginger, actually, to be honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that leaves me either posh or ginger. Um, Too much. I'll stop right now. Thank you very much with the Spice Girls puns. So we can get on with the show. To the Championship, then. Congratulations to Thomas Frank, because he got his first win as Brentford boss. As confounding all laws of nature, the bees bested the lions. Commiserations to Joe Crilly, because Bolton... And well done Hull. A big win for them against West Brom. Now, another week, another change at the top. Let's start with the team. Level on points with leaders. Leeds, who won at Wickham, that being Norwich City. 4-0 at Sheffield Wednesday. Four goals, four wins on the bounce. All four Farker. Remember how Canaries fans wanted him out? Second in the table on goal difference now, Sam. Patience is a virtue. It is, and um, it's been incredible, hasn't it? And I think people
2: are quite split on it whether they're going to have the legs to to remain in a good position or they're going to fall away. Um, Speaking to a few people last night, and uh, people not really sure if they're going to have the capability to remain near the top of the league, but brilliant performance helped by a desperate Sheffield Wednesday at the time. I'm sure we'll come on to them, but I just wanted to focus on that beautiful Pookie goal, the second one, couple of long one-twos. I think Aaron's picked it up at one end. Drove forward, Vrancic was involved as well. It was an outstanding goal, um, but brilliant midfield. Spoken about them a lot, little diminutive players. Very good on the ball and given a bit of a platform to perform by. Tetti, who's I think very important, doing a holding job for them. And the other side of it, Sheffield Wednesday, Michael Hector on the bench. I think he's been good at centre-half for them and he could easily fit in and give them a bit of solidity in midfield. So... Sheffield Wednesday, Adrian?
3: Well, yeah, Chef like Wednesday are having a nightmare. I agree with you completely on, on them. They're sham, shambles without the ball, which is going to send them in only one direction. Norwich, on, on the subject of Norwich, have they got the stickability? I think they might have. You look at the players that weren't playing at the weekend. It, it, it seems to me that, 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 that they've got the, the depth there now. The, tri- tribal wasn't there. Pinto, Paslak. You had Rhodes was missing, of course. Cantwell didn't play. And, and the guys that have come into the team have done a brilliant job the recruitment's been brilliant at Norwich I think you have to say that Puki obviously on a free Buendia who's scored a couple of goals lately I think he only costs one and a half million from, from Getafe so, so they're, re- they're in really good shape Norwich um, but the one negative and, and I only just found this out really is that they're struggling for homegrown players. Now this is this is seems strange because we think of Aaron's and Lewis the fullbacks you know players coming through but they're struggling to fill the bench. Seven homegrown players you need of course and they had to leave three first team players at home just to fill the bench with a couple of kids from the academy. And that, that's something that they need to address in January, but, uh, or, or moving forwards. but fantastic. Absolutely brilliant.
0: And on Daniel Farker, almost a victim of circumstance when he came in last season, when German managers were, were the hot thing, weren't they? Everybody wanted one, you know, Klopp, Nagelsmann, etc. There was kind of an expectation that they'd be promotion contenders first time
3: round, And maybe that wasn't particularly realistic. No, I don't think so. Well, you he had good players last year I mean we, we've just realized aren't we how good some of those players were <laughs> yeah. with Madison tearing it up in the Premier League so he's had to start again, I suppose, but bringing a few few younger players but no it's it's a style thing as well, isn't it it's, it's it's all about sort of pressing and grinding teams down. another stat that really caught my eye with Norwich is that at half the half time table they're really low and they are they're, they're just a group that that tend to grind opponents down. We saw that at Healdsburg. so I think Norwich City are actually more than capable of sticking around at the, at the top end of the table. And, and yeah, they, they've reached the 30-point mark, which is, which is fantastic for them, isn't it? And nine of the last ten title winners in the Championship have, have had 30 points at this stage of the season. I'm not saying they're going to win the title, but they've got a good chance statistically. Sam, you were critical
0: of uh, Sheffield Wednesday's playing style last week. Ed Jacko on Twitter asking us, is time up for Joss Lukai? Fans unconvinced, continued absence of players such as Hutchinson and Westwood have many scratching their heads, Steel City Derby only going one way on form. It's, it's, it's either the best game that he could have mm. next or it's the worst game, isn't it? Because if they get battered in mm. Bramall Lane on Friday night, it'd be very difficult for him to, to stay in this position. demand <sighs> They're
2: going to be sick of me, the Sheffield Wednesday fans, because I've been on at them for a few weeks now, but it's just... <sighs> Unlucky that I saw them in the flesh and they're so open, like Adrian just said. And same personnel at the weekend. I've just touched on, on Hector. I think he's been one of their best defenders and they're, they're missing someone to add a bit of graft in midfield alongside Bannon, who's clearly a very good player. Ironically, they started pretty well, I think, against Norwich. I know they, they missed a penalty, uh, the visitors, but it could have been a different game had they got that first goal. As soon as you're 4-0 down at home, and supporters are leaving, and people are in confrontations with the owner post-match, there's massive pressure on the manager. What I will say, this is... <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the perfect fixture, but it's a better fixture than going away to one of the teams in the lower reaches of the division, because the uh, motivation takes care of itself for the players. To will be a huge atmosphere, it'll be a battle, they'll try and make it into a fight, and they might get something out of that game if they were going to Hull City away, with all respect, or to, away to Preston. They may come a cropper and then he would lose his job. So maybe, just maybe, he could turn it round on Friday.
0: So big win for Norwich. Um, Elsewhere in East Anglia, Ipswich. New lease of life under Paul Lambert. They're unbeaten. One game in, but they couldn't beat the striker turnkeeper in Paul Gallagher. 1-1 against Preston. Adrian, any obvious sort of style change from from Lambert here?
3: He he, he changed the system, didn't he, I think, to to 4-1, 4-1. Bielkowski was back in goal, I noticed. For me... It was ridiculous that that he was removed in the first place. I always felt that he was one of their better players. Really, I mean, was, you can't judge too much on one one game, and, and normally you get that manager bounce, don't you? But uh, but yeah, that was it was a decent result, I suppose. But the story out of that game was was with the goalkeeping situation, wasn't it? I mean, you got to say that Chris Maxwell, the the red card for Preston. <laughs> What's he thinking? You you get one yellow for for running out of the goal and, and cleaning cleaning out someone. To get two for the same thing is just is just bonkers, really. It and there was, was one no th- threat to goal for the second yeah, one whatsoever, no, was it, there? Yeah, I, it, it was a complete brain freeze, wasn't it? I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. Sam, Paul Gallagher comes on 72 minutes, scores 73,
0: goes in goal... Was that the best save from Rose <laughs> Volley from an outfield Straight player ever? Uh, no, no.
2: I can't remember too many outfield players making good stops there normally. Vinny uh, Jones
0: at Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle, wasn't it? Yeah. John Terry, did he go in it? He did yeah. at Reading. At yeah. Reading was it as well, yeah. Phil Jagielka saved the penalty Harry for Sheffield United. <laughs> Harry Kane.
2: <laughs> Harry Kane, yeah. I've wheeled this one out a few times already this week, but it was one for the photographer from the East Anglian Times, wasn't it? It was flying through the air. He probably could have caught it really but he's an outfield player I couldn't believe the timing you're you're right to highlight that just getting on and it was a wonderful free kick that he got as well so disappointment for my old club Ipswich only to to come away with a point but I think the supporters have seen enough just in 90 minutes to suggest that they're going to make a real fist of it he went with um, Jordan Roberts Paul Lambert up Mm -hmm. front which is was a bit of a curveball, and he did very well. I think he faded in the second half, but just getting them up the pitch, bringing people into play, and that's still a concern for me, really, who is going to be out of Jackson and the other lads that they've brought in who's going to be the one to, to be the focal point of that side and be a bit more of a goal threat.
0: And just on Preston and, and Gallagher going in goal, Alex Neal said afterwards, he wasn't the guy who we've picked to go in goal. <laughs> he just fancied it. He, as a striker, should he not have been thinking, I just scored a goal, I might get another one? Maybe, but if you're down
2: to 10, it's more about just being conservative and getting over the line, isn't it? He looks like that type of character. He's ex-Leicester, isn't he? I think he dedicated the goal, obviously, to the, to the owner as well. It was a...
3: Very eventful afternoon for him. He, he, he did say that he went in goal for Blackburn's Academy as a kid. And also he played Sunday football in goal for Blackburn Eagles, I read. I mean, professional footballers playing Sunday football, I don't know whether you should be fessing up to that. I don't know what stage of his career he, he was doing that on, on, on his supposed day off. But but yeah, he's clearly, he, he loves it, doesn't
2: he? He's got it all in his armoury because he's got the um, the weirdest and the best penalty take technique ever as well. It's, it? the, it's the walk away. You know, he faces away from the goalkeeper, two or three steps and then turns and sprints yeah and I think he's missed one wow
0: like Matt Letizia like Matt Letizia Mark (laughs) Crosley yeah quite to New York next sort of Rotherham 2 Swansea 1 first win since 15th of September for the Millers but they're now 4 and beaten two penalties got it done for them here they came from behind one was controversial one was not the first one Nordfeld got himself in all sorts of trouble that looked spot on the handball against Fair maybe not Fair
3: Definitely not fair. I thought that was really harsh. I mean, I don't know what he's supposed to do. It's just an instant reaction. And, you know, I'm led to believe that, that Swansea absolutely bossed that game. <laughs> Rotherham, very lucky. QPR loney wasn't it? Ryan yeah, Manning is, that, yeah. that scored the, the two penalties, got four spot kicks this season. So, so well done to him. I think that the, the goalie is going to be the key man for Rotherham this year. He might be the difference between them staying up or not. Rodak it is, isn't it? I thought he made a brilliant save, actually, from fair. Win Swansea were 1-0 up and from that moment on it seemed to change things so so for the, for them to stand any chance that he's going to have to have a blind in season because the result was great but they were battered in reality and uh, yeah it's still going to be a long season for them
0: in terms of Swansea, Sam, this is becoming a bit of um, an unfortunate habit for them. Lost to Ipswich, lost here. It's, it's this kind of thing which is going to stop them challenging for a playoff place, isn't it?
2: It is, and they're not the first and not the last team to go to to, to Rotherham and, and, and struggle to beat Derby, I think, at home just narrowly. And Ipswich early on uh, got a set way of playing. I think they were ever so fortunate the other day. The second one on Leroy Fur, we've been a little bit harsh on referees the last few weeks and um, Keith Hackett was on the radio last night and it was brilliant stuff. He was going for all the current referees.
3: It was... was genius which is a uh, former referee yeah. just hate current referees <laughs> don't they, they just, just just can't stand each other it's a it's, just, it's a complete bitch fest all they, the time they could, they they lose they, they they don't understand that the game's moved on do they in the <laughs>
2: 10 years that they've stopped uh, officiating it's yeah. very different now the scrutiny that the referees on but i thought they were ever so hard harsh sorry but um the two strikes from ryan manning to put them away In that style, he absolutely smashed them left-footed across the goalkeeper. But yeah, Swansea need to find a a way, I suppose, they're creating enough chances. They're dominating the ball enough of getting more handsome leads, I suppose. Um, Maybe being a bit more pragmatic once they get in the lead and trying to get themselves over the line. But we spoke about consolidation for Swansea early part of the season. I'm still you know, thinking in that regard to them, but it's been a good
0: start from Grand Potter. Joe, a point for Ipswich and a win for Rotherham. And what's that done to the odds in terms of relegation favourites from the Championship?
1: Well, I was, I was quite interested to see that Ipswich are now 2-7, to seven, which is actually a shorter price than they were before the weekend to get relegated. They're favourites to go down. I think that price will... Come in considerably over the the course of the season, uh, and if Lambert can get them uh, to build on that draw, I think the two to seven will be made to look a ridiculous price uh, come Christmas time. Uh, if we're looking towards the top, obviously Norwich briefly touching the top of the table. They're two to one for prom- promotion, which makes them joint fourth favourites, uh, and six to one to win the league. Leeds still favourites at hundred to thirty to win it
0: other promotion candidates met at Pride Park Derby beating Birmingham by three goals to one uh, Birmingham's unbeaten run coming to an end at 11 games Derby scoring at the right end after those comedy Carabao Cup home goals at Chelsea Mason Bennett finding the net Adrian interesting character Sam and I watched him play in PL2 many years ago looked like he was going to be a breakthrough player then but he was at Notts County on loan last season mm. seems like one of those players who've benefited from the Lampard-Morris
3: approach to youth yeah he's getting some game time isn't he so So good luck to him for that. It was only his second league goal for the club, I'm led to believe, and five years after his first. So yeah, he burst onto the scene. It didn't quite happen, but he's got that second chance, and he's playing well. He's keeping some good players out of that derby starting eleven at the moment. So so good luck to him. It was really interesting. I thought Curtis Davis coming back into the side for Tamori, who's been great, hasn't he? So I felt it was harsh on Tamori, but but Curtis Davis is he's a top player, I think, and. uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Lampard does there because he's got, he's got three really strong centre halves now and only two spots. So will it be the youngster that, that sort of is the fall guy moving forwards? I know that Chelsea won't like that because he's been sent there to to play games. So so fascinating. But yeah, no, another good derby performance. They're they're flying, aren't they? A couple of good assists from Forsyth. Football's excellent. I really enjoy watching them.
2: He probably needed to lie down after Wednesday, didn't he, for Keo Tomori? (laughs) Um, That would have been a lot to to get your head around for a young player. But he reacted in a brilliant fashion. I wanted to highlight Dwayne Holmes, who went under the radar a little bit in terms of the signings uh, from Derby. I saw him a bit at uh, um, Scunthorpe. Um, He started off at Huddersfield, an American boy, and it was his first start, obviously, in for Mount at the weekend. And I think he's shown that he can be a good alternative to Mount at times. He plays with his head up. I've seen him play as a number 10. I think he played slightly deeper the other day. But... After a a shaky start, he had a very good second half. I think he was a lot of people's man of the match. So another big positive. uh, The other side of the coin, Lee Camp disappointed maybe with two of the goals. I'm no goalkeeper, but certainly the Wilson free kick and the Marriott one through his legs from an acute angle. So they've been in great form, Birmingham, but it just shows you. I mean, how strong is the Championship now? We're talking about Norwich and Derby. We, We probably weren't considering them early part of the season. I really do believe that the top six of the Championship now would probably... You know, dispose of the top, the bottom six of the Premier League. I think it's that yeah. strong this season. I really, really? Do. okay,
3: yeah. yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm only saying that because of the way that Fulham are struggling and and, and Wolves in the last couple of games. Wolves are going to be fine. Cardiff, obviously, and they, they you know, Wolves and Fulham are brilliant last year, were not they? I, I don't know, but I don't think there's a much to choose between the top six, and they are playing some great football, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. We we'll have to agree uh, but, to disagree there.
2: No, I think I, I don't know. I think that the derby performances. I know it's against second strings, but I think that highlighted the quality of them certainly. And obviously, there's a there's a lot of strength at the top of the championship now, and you you see the the problems that Fulham have certainly got. Cardiff, they look like they're going to definitely be by down the bottom of the table, scrabbling around for points. So. I think the Championship, although we haven't got the outstanding team, I think the, the calibre is definitely up this year.
0: Mm. Derby were really impressive at Chelsea last week, which is scary for a Forest fan to say. Is there an argument to say that um, you mentioned Holmes there, Jack Marriott scored again at the weekend, having scored at Stamford Bridge. They've got Mount, they've got Tamori. Have they done the best business of any Championship side over the summer? Uh, put me
2: on a spot, Matt. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Yeah, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head think of teams that have had a big overhaul of players. Forest, for one, um, I know they're getting over the line and they're going about their business nice and quietly, but uh, Derby, you'd have to say, I mean, Marriott is the one. We spoke about him last week. If you're talking about a centre-forward who, you know, has come through the, the levels and answering every question that's asked of him, you couldn't discount him from becoming a Premier League player. He is at the top of his game right now, confidence. The finishing is never in doubt, but I think in terms of bringing people in as well into the game, he's having a a brilliant impact. So you would have to say, with Holmes coming in as well, people like that, it's been an outstanding summer from
3: Darwin. Yeah, they're definitely up there. Norwich I would go to for their smart recruitment, sort of players we hadn't really heard of that have have shone. And West Brom, even though they're having a bad time at the moment, especially at the back and in midfield, you've got to look at the acquisitions of Barnes on loan and Gale on loan to say that was brilliant. That was brilliant recruitment. Um, But aside from those two, Maybe they haven't, you know, got everything right.
0: So that was Derby at the other end of Brian Clough way. uh, Consistently inconsistent, Nottingham Forest knocked out of the cup, flimsy against Burton. They beat the then league leader Sheffield United by a goal to nil to go into the playoff places. Lewis grabbing again. And Sheffield United haven't won at the city ground in almost a decade. Either either of you two remember a ground where it just never happened for you.
3: Yeah, for me, it was Dagenham and Redbridge. not, Not a glamorous... Stadium, but yeah, every time I went there, I just lost every like quite comfortably. And the other one in the, in the EFL was Grimsby. <laughs> Grimsby, I don't know what it is because Grimsby never had great teams. Every time I went there, I got battered literally, um, yeah, thrashed. So, so yeah, those are the two that, that stand out for me. It, it, it happens, doesn't it? Forrest, I saw them at Burton and uh, made too many changes. I mean, it, yeah, he, he, he was a bit cocky. I think I took Karanka with the team selection in that Carabao Cup game, um, but Michael Dawson I see kept his place from from that defeat, and yeah, he might turn out to be a, a key man. They, they keep changing the side. That's the that's the issue I've got with Karanka. Um, but good to see Carvalho coming good. And um, when I saw him in the flesh earlier in the season, he was he was excellent, and it was a great assist for the for the grab and winner.
0: Yeah, Sam, can you pick any of the many grounds that, that you yeah. struggled to win at? Partly,
2: Paul. 11-0 on
0: aggregate.
2: Wow. 11-0 on aggregate. And I remember... Long
0: uh, trip back as well.
2: My my uncle used to come down from um, Edinburgh for the, the games in the North East and I remember going out and shaking his hand after a 4-0-er. Just like, oh, sorry, Al. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> and me and Tommy Mooney had about three
0: touches accumulatively between us. It was um, a sorry affair. You know I'm going to talk a fair bit about Forrest. Yeah. Lewis Graben... Can he get Forrest promoted on his own, essentially, because he's he's scoring the vast majority no. of their goals? He'll
2: get me <laughs> in the playoffs, certainly. T- 10 and 11 now, isn't it? And um, I love that at the weekend. Carverhouse, a little bit of skill and a delivery and grabbing, just helping it on its way. It's a, a knack that he's got. And I don't think there's any question that if he remained at Sunderland last season, they could have remained in the division. I think he's that good a goal scorer in the championship. He's proven... They've missed him. Uh, Aston Villa, he was at, wasn't he? Second part of last season. It's uh, been a miss for them. Even though Tammy's come in and started to get a good return now, but he's a first-class finisher. I think they're going about their business very quietly, but I'd put them definitely in contention for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well, if they get into the playoffs, they're losing the semi-finals because that's what they've done every time. Um, Yeovil is Matt, all I've got to say on that.
2: Matt, was the Sheffield United uh, game you were referring to, or was it the Glyn Hodges goal? remember that one
0: yes I do yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. good times um, <laughs> that's about it for the championship quick mention to Reading though uh, Paul Clement his fingertip grip on his job a little firmer after a 3-2 win against Bristol City they've now won their last two at the Mad Stat. that's the big news from the championship ticked off fans of Logic will be pleased to hear that next
4: we're heading to League One you're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill for all the latest odds in the footballing world, check out williamhill.com or download the app. And if you don't spot something you fancy, why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag your odds for your very own personalised bet. 18 plus only, be gamblerware.org and when the fun stops, stop. League One then, leaders Portsmouth won at Hatplus Bradford, Tom Eaves was doing
0: Tom Eves stuff at Priestfield and Accrington and Luton are both still dreaming of back-to-back promotions. Only one place we can start though, Scunthorpe 3... Oxford 3 what a turnaround 55 minutes in Oxford are 3-0 up just 11 minutes later Scunthorpe have pulled off the mother of all comebacks to level it at 3-3 scoring their goals in a 6 minute spell is either manager going to be happy with this because surely Stuart McCall's thinking well
3: what were you doing for the first 55 well, minutes you get the same number of points but the emotions couldn't be more different could they I mean Carl Robinson was fuming, wasn't he? he? Accused his players of being arrogant. So, uh, stupidity, as well, was another word he used about giving away free kicks because they they all came from set pieces, didn't they? Those three goals in six minutes for Scunthorpe. So I understand why Oxford are, are gutted, but for Scunthorpe it would definitely feel like a win, and it might just kickstart something for them because after five defeats on the row, mm. if that had been the sixth. McCall would have been worried about his job, and he, and he's only just got there. So, so he did something, or the players did something, did in terms of their character to to turn it around? But they've got McCall has to work on the defence. In January, obviously, it's getting closer now. We can start talking about the transfer window. I think that he's got to be looking at defenders because I think that's five times in the last seven games they've let in three or more. I mean that's relegation for me. You, you will go down, so so he has to sort it out. Even though they're feeling elated, I would imagine that this week on the training ground there's a, there's a lot of hard work, and I don't think it'll be a barrel load of laughs. Do you think, Sam? I mean, it's it, they've got a lot of graft to do.
2: Yeah, I heard him talking in the wake of the the Plymouth defeat last week, and he was saying, oh, it was just both ends. You know, defensively we were poor, and we we missed loads of chances." and <laughs> I think that's bang on, really. They're defensively all over the place, but they have got goals in the team. I mean, the last few weeks illustrates that. They beat Charlton 5-3, then got thumped at home by Plymouth 4-1. It was a weird game, because I think Oxford didn't really have to do a great deal to be 3-0 up. I think, in the end, everyone was kind of pleased with the the draw, because Scunthorpe finished very, very strong and could have nicked it towards the end. They're six unbeaten now, Oxford, so I think you have to have a bit of a level head about that, because the plight that they were in Early part of the season, they didn't look like they were going to buy a win and I think they got one against Plymouth and it's just started to turn it, things around for them. But yeah, it looked like a brilliant game and George Thomas, what a goal. The free kick past them, um, arguably, well,
3: I would say probably the best goalkeeper in that, in that okay. tier at the moment. Yeah. In no, it was a great goal, definitely. Yeah, I think he called up for Wales as well, didn't he? The, the, can I just draw your attention to the to the a phrase that Carl Robinson used after this? He said, we're getting into yellow ball season now. So, and I've never heard that before. Yellow ball season. He said, "Look, this is where you you need to show a lot of guts because it's yellow ball season." Yeah, what is yellow ball season? I, I don't, yeah, I don't really get. it. I suppose it just means winter, doesn't he? But Snow, but, but yeah, it? I suppose. I never used to like yellow balls. I don't really get it. Do you? I've never been fussed about never get footballs it. to be honest
2: really yeah. I, I don't like yellow balls don't I, like them boots was my thing mm. boots was my passion mm. yeah. always
0: black or some no, rage pink. not, to,
2: not to, it didn't sit very well with me mm-hmm. initially but then as everyone started doing it yeah I used to, to wheel out I used red when I was at Swindon and then, then blue I used to have the same style but yeah I wasn't ever fussed some of the lads when we had a new FA Cup ball or new ball at the start of the football league season would be interested in seeing what it looked like and obviously how it moved and all that but a ball was always a ball to me, but I never played with the jumanji or whatever it was
3: called. Jubilani. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Williams was good yeah. with the jumanji, the, but the tango. Yeah. You, you, you're probably too young to have played with the Adidas Tango. There's no ball in the history of football will ever be as good as the Tango. True. Yeah. Might well, a Delta Ultimax? No. 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 Okay. All right.
0: Um, let's move on to Plymouth nil Sunderland two. What a trek! 14 hours, 800 miles. It was worth it in the end. Couple of Adam McGeady goals giving Sunderland the two nil win. Longest away trips that you ever made? Can you can you match fourteen hours? Uh, Ross County away. Okay, from <laughs> da, da. anywhere <laughs> from anywhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know really. I don't know Exeter every every weekend, every other week
3: more or less. Yeah. I did. I was on loan. it was <laughs> the worst spell, worst loan spell ever. I stayed at the stay. Yeah, stayed at the. I was. I was the. I was the Cumbrian Alan Partridge for a while at the, the local <laughs> hotel. It was. It was awful. Did but, you have but, a big plate? Yeah, yeah I had the same plate every day. <laughs> yeah, morning, morning, Adrian. Yeah, same again. Yeah, <laughs> we went down to Exeter. At, I don't know if it was on the day. We went on an Eddie Stobart bus, which was very nice. It was. It was decked out in. Yeah, in the sponsors' colours, and it was really, it was one of the best buses I'd ever been on. Actually, really flash. It had beds and all sorts. So, um, but yeah, that was that was a beast. But but well done to the Sunderland fans. I mean,
0: thirteen hundred and five yeah. of them. Does that amazing? How does that make you feel as players? Is is that like oh, yeah. okay? There's an extra bit of responsibility on us now because this lot will have got up at silly th- o'clock I, in the morning, I spent a lot so. of money.
3: Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I, in general, fans might always believe this, but footballers really do appreciate the away supporters, don't they? And they will feel genuinely gutted if they've travelled a long way in their numbers and delivered a really bad performance. It, I genuinely think it's it's something that players think about. So well done. And I noticed that, that was it Luke O'Neill, who, who I know him I know him a little bit and I know he's very chatty anyway, but apparently he was on the train back and they travelled by train, Sunderland, and uh, he spent most of it talking to every Sunderland fan that was on his carriage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe it made the journey go, go quicker for him, but yeah, well done to him. Do you see the um,
2: the social media exchange between Plymouth and Sunderland? No, what happened? Uh, Plymouth uh, official account tweeted about the match stats. It showed they had a decent game and corners and I think they had more shots on target and whoever's in charge of the Sunderland account just came back with all the flavours and you decide to be salty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, something like that. I, know, I like it. It's I the know. way the game's gone, hasn't yeah. it? But um, now another good result for, for Sunderland. And McGeady, I mean, potentially be the best player in the division, you know. If he finds a bit more consistency, another one penalty and another brilliant goal from him.
0: Wimbledon one, Shrewsbury two. Sorry, Wimbledon supporters. I will not quit. Says Neil Ardley. Seventh defeat in a row. Got the dreaded backing of the board. Not good, I guess Sam, that they were ahead in this game and no. they lost it.
2: No, he wasn't in good nick post match. Just the the lowest I've I've ever heard him and. Wondering whether he's going to be in the job this week, next week. And um, yeah, it was a massive game for all concerned. Obviously, massive win for for John Askey and Luke Waterfall. He's had a difficult start to life at Shrewsbury. I don't think he's been playing particularly well. A couple of set pieces, which Neil Ardley would have been fuming about. And an outstanding save from the Shrewsbury goalkeeper to just get them over the line and get the three points. Um, Arnold from... Ethan Pinnock's free kick if you haven't seen oh, it, it. have a look at yeah. it it's yeah. it's unbelievable and that's that's Wimbledon lost the last seven now and we've spoken endlessly and it, as a player I used to know you get to five six straight defeats that's when there's no real coming back for a manager so listen he's at the perfect club to be, be given a bit more time because of his achievements there as a player and as a manager the chairman's backed him last week, but he is under severe pressure. It's now or never.
3: Yeah, we talked about Norwich earlier on. I think they're really close to the top of the European form table, if you, if there is such a thing. The Dons are at the bottom of it. Seven is level with Chievo in Italy and Dusseldorf in Germany. So look, if it gets to eight, they might be out there on their own. So yeah, nightmare for them. But for, for Aski, who had put himself under huge pressure by saying anything but a win and I'll probably get the sack ahead of kickoff. Is that him trying oh, to motivate the players well, if he thinks they're on his side? If it might have been. I mean it was, if it was it was kind of genius but I mean, I don't think you can legislate. I mean there's a couple of set piece goals. It wasn't as if it was a brilliant performance from it's Shrewsbury. Se- it's in the second one. Mm. I mean, yeah I can't remember it. Off, he just off kind of gets
2: yeah. eyebrows on it Luke Waterford and it just Goes dribbles in off the far post. It's up there. It must have been a horrible way to lose I'm, a game.
3: I'm led to believe they they were they were awful in the first half and and better in the second. So so he changed the system. I think he went to a diamond midfield. And and look, it's it's a biggie. I do think Waterfall, who I've seen a fair bit in recent years, even though he's had a bad time, he is a, a sort of courageous centre half. He does score goals. Him and Sadler potentially, I think, can be a really good partnership. But but whether they can strike up that chemistry, we'll have to see. Good
0: attitude, Luke Waterfall as well. They'll carry on through it all with Luke Waterfall.
3: What you're gonna say TLC there. need some TLC.
2: Um <laughs> do you reckon the two managers had a beer after that game, by the way? <laughs> that must have been the most somber manager's room of all time.
0: Probably pretty sombre in the Peterborough dressing room as well. They lost away from home for the first time this season. Bryn Morris has deflected free kick, giving Wickham the win. Um Wickham doing all right yeah. generally, you know, first season back in League One, and this is this is a decent win for them against Steve Evans.
3: Very good, yeah. It was a free kick, wasn't it? from from Bryn Morris who was lucky to get a free kick off Joe Jacobson who's a a really good free kick taker I was at Wembley when uh, he scored there against South End in the playoff final but yeah the thing that stood out for me was Evans again after the game how do you feel right this is is you uh, Sam Parkin I'm going to insert the word Sam Parkin for Matt Godden Sam Parkin was poor in everything that he did I mean that's what he said about Matt Godden I mean there's no no holding back I mean this is a guy that he kind of relies on How'd you feel about
2: that if you were him? Me, I'd have crumbled. I'd have been gutted. (laughs) I'd have been really disappointed. But every player's different, and then Steve Emmers will know how to press the buttons. I've got a brilliant bit of Wickham analysis. I know Ooh, you like cool. your stats, Adrian. Uh, Gareth Ainsworth celebrated the win. He was in Camberley McDonald's at 4am on oh, Sunday morning. This was brilliant, morning. wasn't it? Sunday morning. The only thing... It's a straight red for the beaded necklace, though, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Quite. Straight red. I know, I know the haircut sort of demands yeah. a certain type of accessory. Yeah. But, T- too uh, many buttons uh, undone. Yeah. That's a yellow. Yeah. So, yellow
2: and a, and a straight red, potentially. Yeah. So, God knows yeah. how, how long his suspension's going to be. 4am,
3: though. I mean, it's... it's, it's I, I where is it to go in Camberley till 4am he's a similar age to me is, is Ainsworth he might be a, a where couple of years younger <laughs> I'm just impressed he's, he's still awake at 4am I think that's a remarkable achievement so let's let's put those fashion faux pas to one side and applaud his stamina um, <laughs> before we get the odds anything else you want to talk about in League 1 big away wins for, for Bristol Rovers
0: and Burton anything else catch your eye
2: Well, I gave Danny Hilton a bit of stick for the second worst penalty in history uh, after Pat Nevin's effort, which I'm sure you're familiar with, Matthew. But again, sent off at the weekend for a pretty nasty one on Ian Henderson. Might have got away with it in years gone by, but not uh, on that occasion. And an outstanding double save from James Shea, from uh, Matty Dunn. Absolutely brilliant one said down to 10 to, to get them a point and Luton have got some good games coming up we touched on it and uh, the f- home form is brilliant so I think that's a good point for Nathan Jones's team uh, considering the uh, the circumstances.
3: Yeah I agree I think Luton are going to go on a run now or they're already on a run and I think they they they're a danger actually to the top two potentially um, but and I just wanted to mention great away win at, at Walsall. who I saw them in the flesh against Forest and so impressed, like with the, with the forward line that they're a small team. Alan probing from deep, um, yeah, they've got good little players. They're really busy. Tim I like, but but sort of player of the week, he's he's got to be a contender. of Scott Fraser, he was brilliant against Forest. Scored a couple of goals. Don't care that one was called an own goal. It was his. It was his, and he got, he got another good left footer at, at, at the uh, best scot. So yeah, Scott Fraser, fantastic, and and Burton, I do think. They might get up ahead of steam now and climb the table. Joe, the top two, Portsmouth and Sunderland, are they
0: way ahead of everybody else in the odds in terms of promotions, or is it is it all pretty tight together?
1: Now, I've been um, talking pretty much all season about how uh, Portsmouth and Peterborough have been towards the top of the table, but it's actually Sunderland and Barnsley who've been top of the betting, and and that remains the same. Sunderland and Barnsley, two to five and one to two respectively, to get promotion. Portsmouth now odds on though as well. They join those odds on pair at 8 to 11. So pretty much think that it's a, a three-horse race for those two automatic spots.
3: I was lucky enough to interview Barnes's assistant manager ahead of the weekend uh, on the radio and I asked him a question. I said, what was the target from the board? And I could tell he really didn't want to answer it, but, but he, he sort of did. And he, All right, yeah. They said, we're okay if we finish six or above. So that's an interesting little tidbit for, for Barnsley fans. Anything from six or over, and the management team are fine. If they do dip below that, the board won't be hacking. All right, that's League one.
4: Listeners, when it comes to shaving, you value precision. And so do Harry's. They value precision so much that their blades are German engineered. They value precision so much that their razor handle is non-slip with textured grip, and that's why I've just changed all my shaving products to Harry's. And you can too by heading to harrys.com slash league. Harry's cucumber and aloe shave gel lathers into a luxurious foam, allowing those aforementioned German engineer blades to glide across your face, and their post-shave balm will leave you extra cool and fresher than ever. Because you listen to the Totally Football League show, you can get a special Harry's trial set delivered right to your door for just £3.95 what's in that trial set? Well, the handle, in your choice of blue, orange or green, a five-blade cartridge, the foaming shave gel and a travel blade cover. Find out more at harrys.com slash league. In terms of League Two, the only division in the
0: EFL without a nil-nil this weekend. There was late drama at Cheltenham where Mansfield pinched a point and at Port Vale who twisted the knife into struggling Notts County. Colchester are into the automatic promotion places, but it's at Sinsel Bank where we start. Lincoln back to winning ways, 2-1 against Forest Green. Um, a team that they've they've formed this rivalry with from, from their National League games. They've beaten them five in a row now. It's It's one of those odd footballing rivalries that you know. in, in years to come you go, oh, how come those two don't like each other? But it makes it a bigger game.
2: It does, yeah. There was one in the wind at the new lawn last year that was particularly fiery and uh, it's a great record that they've got over them and Mark Cooper's team, as you would imagine, uh, as you would expect, sorry plenty of the ball, loads of possession um, lovely patterns of play but the strength of Akinde was a real problem for the two centre-halves. I think Gunning had a uh misjudged the first one, and Kindi lobbed into the net and um the second one as well. They were all over the place defensively. And and Kellen Gordon got the goal who was on loan at Swindon last year from Derby. I'm sure you've seen him in the in the the PL two Matt and that was his first touch. And uh he's not been able to kind of prize his way into the the team in uh, the early part of his loan. So brilliant for him to get the goal. But um, just that concern about Forest Green having all the interchange and all the, the play, the chances, but not having someone to stick it away. And uh, Joe Crilly knows the the main reason for that because he's uh, Nick Christian Deutsch from Mark <laughs> Cooper. But yeah, I like the little bit of needle between him. It's good. And, and Mark, for all the, um, the good football that he plays... He can throw the verbal around in the uh, in the technical area, and I'm sure the Cowley brothers aren't uh, short on that themselves.
0: And in terms of Lincoln, Adrian, it perception's everything, isn't it? It goes from no wins in three to one defeat in four. The way that you look at it
3: now, yeah, it turns around really really quickly. I I do think that anyone that finishes above Lincoln will probably win the title. I, I think that I, I'm a big fan of Col- what Colchester are doing and MK as well, but but Lincoln, I don't, I don't see them falling apart. They've got. They've got a lot of players that have won stuff before. The the good cup players, we know that from from time to time. But a lot of characters, Boswick, I think, is a standout for me. Really, really influential. And I, I just think, as long as they keep these guys fit, they'll be, they'll be just fine in the, in the promotion shake up. But uh, yeah, Forest Green, nice to watch. But yeah, have they have they got that steel that you need to stick around at the top? That's that's a big question mark. You mentioned MK Dons, 4-0 win for them at Crawley,
0: eyebrows raised when Paul Tisdale chose that as his destination in the summer, but is he kind of being vindicated
3: in that decision? They've only lost once in the whole season, and that was to Lincoln, and it was an injury time goal that beat them, so we could be sat here today quite easily talking about MK Dons being unbeaten and possibly you know invincible this year, so... That's how strong they are, and that's and that's for a new manager that inherited a team that were in bits. Really, they couldn't score goals. They let in quite a lot last year. So I mean, he's got a lot right, hasn't he? And the front three both all great at the weekend. Agard, Healy, and and Ek uh, two for Healy, of course, and two assists. I think so. So look. Pfft. F-flo- almost a flawless start from Tisdale. Mm.
0: I-, I said eyebrows were raised. Sam, is that just from from neutrals like us who maybe like the romanticism of he'd been at Exeter for ages? He looks cool on the touchline, and then he's going to of all clubs MK Dons. Whereas he would have looked at it in a more cold, calculated way. Well, I'll get a decent budget here. There's half decent squad already. Nice ground, etc., and so on.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I think everyone would have been. You know, waiting with waiting with bated breath to see what his next step was, if it was going to be the 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 perfect uh, stepping stone, Exeter to a, a next club that's maybe running a similar way. I know that's very difficult to find, but certainly for me, I didn't see M.K. Don's being the the natural fit for him. But you're right to highlight the budget and the the training ground and all those type of things that he hasn't had at Exeter. So it's proved to be so far a really good decision. And as Adrian says, defensively superb most clear, well five clean sheets uh, since the start of October for the goalkeeper Jordan Moore Taylor former teammate power of mine not in the side at the weekend didn't matter one iota and, and 18 goals between those front players which was the question mark who was going to get them the return they got three now doing it yeah. so I think that that Lincoln MK Don's game was a, a brilliant spectacle it's a good advert for League Two both managers complimentary about each other they're the two strongest teams.
3: Yeah, I'm really impressed by him getting a tune out of Cuxaniki. I saw him as an Arsenal youngster and he had a lot of talent. He went on a pre-season tour and was one of the stars. And you thought, oh, he's going to be a player that, that makes it at Arsenal. It didn't happen. He basically fell off a cliff. His career was was tumbling towards, you know, a non-existent career, really. He did a few bits at Crew, I remember, but he's come... Back in from seemingly the cold, and and yeah, he's on fire. So, so well done to the manager, but also well done to Anike because I've seen a lot of players that that go through that sort of down that slippery slope, and then you never hear or see of them again. So he's clearly found a, ga- a gaffer that trusts him, and that's uh, that's lucky, I think, for him.
0: A late drama at Carlisle uh, not as in their previous game where they lost an injury time to Yeovil this time it was a stoppage time winner 3-2 against Newport they were 2-0 up got pegged back to 2-2 they've gone 8 hours without a goal at home before this win first in 5 games for them John Sheridan breathing a little easier I thought Huddersfield had it bad 8 hours (laughs) that's incredible Um,
2: yeah I mean Jamie Devitt is arguably their best player and uh, he left them out early part of the season John Sheridan I think it was away at Exeter and there was some rumblings that he may be moving on. So that is vital that they'd kept hold of him. Brilliant goal, disguised cross, whipped it in at the near post. And it's a former teammate of mine, Danny Granger, who got the winner. And so capable of that, his left foot is a rocket from any distance. Very good dead balls. And he's, a, he's from Cumbria as well. So he's gone, he played north of the border for a long period of his career. He's gone back home perfect for him really. Uh, last time I played against him he whacked me off the ball so I wouldn't say he's necessarily a mate of mine anymore but certainly a <laughs> former teammate.
3: Yeah it, it was brilliant that was a great goal it was a proper screamer wasn't it a, a scorch I think it took take a nick I'm not sure but it was it was great Gr- glad you brought up Devitt because he got some stick I don't know if you've seen this it, they had pop, armbands with poppies on and he wasn't wearing his during the game now he had it at the start of the match and then he he took it off and afterwards he was getting a bit of stick from from some of the fans home and away and he he went to the local paper on social media (laughs) he basically explained he said i've got twig arms he said my arms are like twigs and it kept falling off and it's as simple as that. He said, I held, it, I held my arm close to my, my chest during the minute silence, but I couldn't play with it because uh, I've got I've got twig arms. And he, he, he used his tweet, he said, hashtag skinny man problems, hashtag twig arms. So well done to Jamie DeFitt for, <laughs> for clearing that one up. But look, as a former twig arm sort of uh, compadre of his, you know, I can sympathise.
0: Well, bless him, maybe Nemanja Matic and James McLean should have gone for the old <laughs> twig arm excuse. Um, to 2, to nil. Tranmere up to fourth, thanks to James Norwood's double... Back-to-back promotions? Is there, there any chance of that?
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, really good football's quality, um, scoring great goals, um, lovely team move, wasn't there, I think for the first one at uh, Tranmere. So yeah, we've got great players, haven't they? I mean, Norwood's flying, Mullin, Larnell Cole. It's not what's not to like about Tranmere at the moment. So so good luck to them and. And well, they were a club I played against in the championship. So, so for me, it was unthinkable that they were in the national league. <sighs> I'd love to see them get back into the championship. I think that's that might be their natural habitat.
0: Joe Crilly, William Hill odds on Tranmere going up, and m- maybe a James Norwood top goalscorer as well.
3: Well, he, he's favourite
1: to be top goalscorer he overtook jaden stockley last weekend in the betting for top goalscorer. and tramir are seventh favorites 100 to 30 so they're very much in the mix obviously with the three automatic promotions that the the betting for this is really competitive got lincoln and mk dons who are odds on but then you can you can throw a blanket over like the next 6 or 7 in the market so Tranmere very much in the reckoning there.
0: Last game we're going to talk about in League 2 Macclesfield 1 Bury 4 another defeat for Macclesfield and um, maybe no surprise there if that's not a bit cruel. Uh, Barry, have we been sleeping on them a little bit as promotion contenders they I, I did the highlights of this game they they look really really good. Mm. Race for Neil Dan's first time he scored twice in a game since he scored twice against Berry for Bolton in 2014. They've got a nice mixture of youth and experience. They've got a chance of going up now.
2: Goals galore, 2005, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Neil Dan's and Nicky Maynard uh, amongst the goals. Brilliant volley from from Dan's for the for the second one, and, and Maynard six in 635 minutes now. Uh, I think that's the best in the in the division. And, they're playing, I would say, quite similar... Are oh, they getting applauded? It's that like Sheffield United are getting in the championship, playing a back three. Quite a lot of rotation. People, centre-half, stepping out into midfield. And Danny Mayer in the hole is a player that good, I love. Man, he's someone that Swindon, I know, uh, were keeping tabs on a, maybe a season or two ago. When he's on song... He really makes them. Tit. He's a fantastic player, and um, they need to be a little bit better against the better sides because they're taking care of their business against the teams in the lower reaches of the division. But when they come up against the top six, they're just faltering a little bit. But brilliant start to the to the season for them. And 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 Macclesfield, I don't know. It's going to be very difficult. I mean, when you, I was talking to someone about the budget they've got there the other day, and maybe that's having a, an impact on what they're doing in terms of the managerial situation. The two, the two chaps are there. Maybe the funds aren't really available to get someone in and they're just going to persevere with those guys. I know they've picked up a couple of results, but can't see them turning it around.
0: What would you give me on Barry to go up, Jay?
1: Uh, well, they're third favourites, six to four. So they, uh, if the odds are to be believed, they will be uh, in that third promotion spot. And just uh, full circle almost. I remember 2009, I went to Notts County uh, to watch Chester play away and Ryan Lowe, Went in goal for Chester that day and <laughs> he scored and he preserved the victory as well. Wow. So another name there for the keeper outfield discussion.
0: <laughs> A couple of games we want to look ahead to before we go. We, we touched on it briefly. The Sheffield derby under the Friday night lights at Bramall Lane. United heavy favourites, Wednesday haven't won there since 2009, we spoke about Joss Lukai but this is a a perfect game for Chris Wilder to get his team back going as well you would have thought, The, the added oomph you get from a Derby victory might carry them on for a couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a drab game against Forest, um, unusually because they've been in such great form. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the best stadiums, well it's one of the best stadiums in the country, but it's certainly one of the best stadiums outside the Premier League. It's brilliant to cover matches there, to get really behind the side and that's going to be brilliant, especially on a Friday night. Having said it's a good game for uh, the visitors, you'd, you'd have to fancy uh, Chris Wilder. He's he, he's found a way in the, the last home game of getting the, the, the three strikers into the same team. Um, they've got firepower and Sheffield Wednesday, unless they change, unless they come up with something to make them a little bit more solid defensively or get it into the armoury of some of those more attacking players to run back towards their own goal, I can only see one outcome, but I think they'll make a fist of it because it's a derby.
0: Big game at the foot of the table at the Medeski Stadium between Reading and Ipswich. Mentioned that Reading have won their last couple of home games, but Paul Lambert will be looking at this, thinking this is a chance for us to get three points too.
3: It's definitely winnable. Uh, by all accounts, Reading were quite lucky in this game against Bristol City. It's a great, it's a great result, three-two, but they gifted a lot of chances to to Bristol City, so they're going to have to play much better. Rumours, aren't there, of Steve Bruce being linked? Uh, I don't know if you've seen that with with Reading. I don't know whether he would be interested in in that post, but yeah, he's, he's definitely under pressure. And despite that result, and the, the issue, I think that Reading have got, even though they score three the weekend, is um, up top. They lost by Varsen to injury. And Meite, the guy who's come in, I think he, he got injured in that game. So who who's going to get the chance? Will M- McNulty finally get a run out? I don't know. We'll have to see. But yeah, big game.
0: And West Brom against Leeds. Joe, I'm guessing there's fairly long odds on this one. Finishing 0-0. Could be 5-5 more like.
1: Yeah, there's goals in this one. Regardless of what happens, it will be a great game and the odds suggest that it's quite close west brom 17 to 10 leeds 13 to 8 uh, and if you're looking at the uh, total match goals over 5 is yeah a very short price indeed uh, it is 5 to 2
0: this is quite a nice game for West Brom in some ways in that there'll be less expectation on them where they've been expected to win every home game mm. up until now, pretty much. Or is it just they're in a rut and they're facing one of the best teams in the
3: division? feels like the wheels have come off a bit, really, for West Brom. I think the performances have been, they haven't been unlucky to lose. They've been rubbish and they're just not the team. They were a few weeks back, so... Given that Leeds went to Wigan and broke that long unbeaten record there, I th- I would fancy I'd fancy Leeds quite strongly in this game, and yeah, now they've got Hernandez back, Roof back in the team, Leeds are looking quite quite ominous. So yeah, I'd, I'd back Leeds all the way in this one.
2: Sam, same. Yeah, you'd have to. I thought Leeds were ever so impressive. A little bit of a concern that they're so dominant and not winning by greater margins. That would be my my only concern. But yeah, brilliant. I can't believe we've nearly done a whole podcast. We've not mentioned the clip of the uh, the Leeds players rushing back. That my mate Kevin Watson, former Reading and and Swindon midfielder, tweeted. It's had about five million views. What? He's going to be on Strictly next year. But it was brilliant, wasn't it? It was. I think it was. Well, it was obviously the Sky game. Don Goodman commentary. And uh, Windass looks like he's going to get an on goal and all of a sudden there's just seven lead shirts converge on him and, and Liam Cooper's the one who gets a toe in but... Brilliant to illustrate exactly what Bielsa has brought to that club and so quickly as well.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if those Leeds players can still do that come February, March, or if they're absolutely exhausted. What, yellow, in yellow ball season? In yellow ball yeah. season. It, 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 it will just be coming to the end of yellow ball season then, I think. It's the FA Cup first round proper this weekend. Big book of cup cliches at the ready, chaps. Pick out a
3: tie to look out for, Adrian. Who, who are you there about? are so many, actually. Um, so many tricky away games for, for teams. Across the EFL, Wimbledon won't fancy going to Haringey. That's that's, that's a horrible fixture for them. Cheltenham, uh, Ebsfleet. Ebsfleet have always been a, a good cup side. And, and Cheltenham... Struggling, aren't they under under the new manager Duff? So yeah, those those two stand out, and and probably I don't want to take them all away from Sam. but Aldershot against Bradford is is a standout. I remember going to Aldershot in the early rounds of the cup. That's quite quite. It can be a tough ground to go. They got you know when they get a big crowd in there, it's pretty noisy. And Bradford are just well, a mess, aren't they, at the moment? So if they lose at Aldershot, you think Hopkins, you, know, you won't be able to look the fans in the eye.
2: Yeah, he's taken my one. <laughs> uh, yeah, all the short Bradford. Victor Morgan. <laughs> James Alexander Gordon. Um, yeah, all the short Bradford. 13th in the National League, but uh, they beat Braintree at the weekend, 1-0. Lost one in seven. Compare it to Bradford. Lost the last seven. And the other one, Met Police, obviously, against Newport. At Let's be having
0: Billy, Billy Crook not playing for Met Police anymore, which is a shame. Excuse <laughs> me gone over his head that one yes <laughs> let's be having you very good yeah 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 well done Sam hey, when did you when did you think of that I've never seen you look so pleased in the, in the eight years I've known you
2: someone tweeted at me a few weeks
0: ago <laughs> not even mine <laughs> alright that's that for another week I would normally ask for a Wrestlemania moment at this point but I'll spare you that I know Sam you're a big Jake the Snake Roberts mark but um, maybe you can come on parts unknown one day do check that out if you like uh, graps as well as goals many thanks to Adrian Sam and Joe, I think we just about got away with that but don't worry, normal service will be resumed next week, until then goodbye my friend, viva forever
4: You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production, for sales and advertising email sales at muddyneesmedia.com and make sure you check out our brand new podcast for this season the Totally Scottish Football show with Andrew Slaven. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life really, and here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK, so that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day.